Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 93rd edition of the PJ Archive. It's an interview I did with the internationally successful Swedish actress Britt Eklund. Best known from movies such as The Night They Raided Minsky's, Get Carter, The Wicker Man and of course The Man with the Golden Gun in which she was a memorable Bond girl named Mary Goodnight. Britt was famously married to the comedy genius Peter Sellers and the Stray Cats drummer Slim Jim and dated film and music producer Lou Adler and rock star Rod Stewart. My interview with Britt took place in London in 1996 when she was preparing to move to Los Angeles to be nearer her three children and Christie's were about to auction many mementos from her extraordinary life and career. When did you decide to have an auction of your stuff? Was that when you were packing everything up and thought, I've got too much stuff here? I've collected all my life. I mean, I'm like a squirrel. <laughs> I mean, I started when I was, you know, my early 20s. That's why my collection is so extraordinary, because I never threw anything away. I have a lot of galley glass and art glass and Lalique, and, and I looked at it all, and I, I thought, I took it over from L.A. Some of it I had here already, but I, thought, I took all of this stuff from L.A. to London, and now I'm going to take it back again? And I just, I just said, no, I can't do that. I cannot do it. You know, some of the stuff I had when I lived with, with Lou and some of it I had with Rod. And I remember that, that um, Barbara Streisand had a sale a couple of years ago and I thought, maybe they'd be interested in taking this in the auction. So I called them up and they came around and, you know, and I just put all my clothes out and I just said, oh, I've got some more things. Oh, by the way. And they were just like gobsmacked. They just said, we don't believe this. I was just going to put it in with the sale they had in December anyway. They had an art novel, and I said, no, we want you to have your own sale. There's so much here and such good quality, so we, we seldom see this kind of quality. Then we decided to go into costume and, and film stills and posters, and I, I have even included my wedding dress to Peter Sellers, complete with hat, which is, you know, I want to consider that I married in, 19, in January 1964, you know, you work out how many yes. how many years ago that is. 30, Thirty-two 30 years. 30 yes, and it's in mint condition. Yeah. And I was tired of moving things from London to LA to Sweden to London to LA. And in the end, I thought it just has to go. Someone else will enjoy it now. I want to be free. I want to be free, completely free. I've never not travelled with you know half a dozen Art Nouveau silver frames and a galley lamp. It's finished. I'm not going to do that again. That's, that's over. It's, I just want to be free, free of possessions. So do you think you were being held back by the nostalgia, by the memories a bit? No, but I think I probably let it play a bigger importance in my life than it really is. I probably felt that if I didn't have these things, life wasn't right, you know. I had to have these things, and now I don't feel that way. I don't feel I have to have anything at all, just the clothes that I, I wear. I guess I'm just becoming unmaterialistic, unless, you know, I, I pick up some other sort of thing, you know, some other collecting thing. I hope not. I hope this is it. I just like to live in a, in a house now with, with curtains and a bed, dark curtains, very dark curtains, so I can sleep. Are you going to be at this sale? Or are you going to find it too difficult? Mm, no. Are you going to be bidding for them to come back? No, I don't, no, don't, I, don't I don't know if I am or not. No, I don't. Yeah, it probably will be difficult, but no, I don't think I want to know who, who gets my stuff. I think mm. that that's, should be private, really, shouldn't it? Mm. It'd be terrible 
Ah, I see that man. He's walking out with this. Now I'm going to follow him. No, I think mm. it should be private. You're going to be disappointed if you don't get as much money as they hope. Well, I mean, they will give me an idea what I'm going to get. If 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 it doesn't reach that, then I'll tell them they can't sell it. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I don't have to give yeah. it away. It, I, I'm not doing it because I'm broke and don't have any money. I'm doing it because I have too much of everything. You know, I mean, I still have a house in Sweden that is full. Is there anything that you thought about uh, giving to this auction and then thought I can't let that go? Yeah, it's a red beautiful sort of purpley red galley lamp and and actually rod gave it to me and i didn't i thought no i don't want to let that go because most of every, everything else in the sale I, I bought myself and and another piece which is um like a statue of a head which which lou gave me when nikolai was born and those two pieces i'm keeping but that's it everything else is gone mm. everything and it and it's 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 really exciting. I mean, it's exciting to think that, you know, these things are so of so much interest to other people mm. because it is my. I mean, when you consider that the first roll of film ever taken of me when I was 16 years old in Sweden is going. So, have you still got much of your past at all, or is it all going? Oh, I, th- I still have some. I mean, I have uh, cutting books from the 60s, from like 64 up till right. 80s. Um, which I have, they're sitting on top of my house, but they're not going. I mean, I don't know that anyone would want them anyway. They probably would, but I'll keep them. But apart from that, everything else is going. I'm just keeping some of my modern clothes, just have something to walk out of here in. I was going to say, what are you going to have to take to L.A.? You've got nothing to go with. just a suitcase, just my clothes. Clothes and shoes, that's all. You're going to buy a new wardrobe over there? Nope, I have everything I need. I don't need to buy anything at all. Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. I need to buy a car, though, because I'm selling my cars here. I have a car in Sweden, but I've got two cars here which I'm going to sell. Um, I need to buy a car in L.A., but I'm sure, I'm sure that's not going to be a problem. So it seems to be the new you. Oh, yeah, very much so. And God knows what I'm going to come back as. Why had you come to London four years ago? Was that because your marriage broke up and you needed a change of scene? I always wanted to come back to London in the... 70s when I lived with Lou Adler and we had a son when we broke up I was going to move and he said no you know don't don't move stay here and let us bring up our son together and you know he let me have a house in Bel Air and he took very good care of me then of course a couple of months later I met Rod Stewart so then he wanted to live in LA so I ended up in LA but I always kept a place here and boxes here and storage here and was work another incentive for you coming over here? Um, theatre was. I wanted to do theatre. Mm. And I th- the likelihood of doing theatre in Los Angeles is... You know, they have dinner theatre and stuff like that, but it's not a, a big... For me, anyway, it wouldn't have been a, a big place for me to do theatre. Because this is considered the place to do theatre, isn't it, for you actresses? Well, at least, you know, at least I had a chance to work with top performers... I did an incredibly successful tour of Run For Your Wife. I did it for close to a year, nine months. I've been doing pantomime every year. I mean, I did a lot of work here and in Sweden, between here and Sweden. And I had my own TV show in Sweden. I did 22 one-hour shows live. I did a fitness video. I wrote a novel. Whatever my critics may say... My fans far outweigh them, and and I'm very lucky because I have incredibly faithful fans. Are you sensitive to those critics? 
Yes, I think so. I think if you, I think if you put a lot of effort into something, which I did, yeah, I do. Except I've had so much criticism during my life that I kind of develop a thick skin. That also now, I mean, I, I now try to stay way out of the way of the press and just lead, for me, an incredibly private life. Why are you leaving the UK? Well, I'm not sort of leaving. Leaving. I'm returning to my children because. Family is important to me, more important than career and success and money. And I don't want to, you know, grow old and be a lonely old woman with my children in a different country. And that's really the reason I'm moving. No other reason whatsoever. Since when was Brit Eklund never going to be lonely? That's never going to happen to you, is it? Yeah, that could happen. If if I was here on my own without my children, then I would be very lonely. How satisfied are you with the work you did over here? Or do you wish you could have done other things? And that's one of the reasons I'm going back. If I had had a better situation, family-wise, um, I probably could have done more. To be a single mother and to be on tour, it, it, it's it's heartbreaking. You know, it, it just doesn't work. And because the, the kind of work I would do would have been touring, at least touring for you know six months before it go in, goes into the West End. I just had to say no. So for the last year, all I've done is pantomime because I just couldn't be away anymore. It was just too devastating. I think if I'd had a wife <laughs> that could have stayed at home, mm. then I could have done more work. But um, I choose not to. You did your chat show in Sweden, as you said. You had said at one point that you wanted to have a similar chat show over here, but that didn't come off. How far did you get with that? Well, I had meetings with um, at Central TV, and um, I've talked to some cable channels. But it's very hard for people to, you know, get the finger out, so to speak. It takes an awful long time and a lot of discussions. And unfortunately, fortunately, I mean, I, I was in a position now to actually get a slot in a well-known show, but but I've sort of opted not to do it because. I want to go back to L.A. I want to go back. I'm going back for a year just to see what happens. You know, if it doesn't work, then I can always come back. Are you hoping to revive your film career? Because you used to be in all sorts of fantastic movies, and yet it seemed to dry up. Why did it go quiet? Because you get old. And uh, when you get old, people, you know how it is. All all actresses of, of a certain age have the same problem. Yeah, I hope so. I'll, I'll, I'll go Hollywood. <laughs> I'll go the Hollywood route. Are you sort of implying that, you know, you were rather dependent upon your looks to get those roles in those days? Yes. Not necessarily looks, I think an image. Mm. Um, because, I mean, if I look in the mirror on a good day, I don't look that bad. I mean, maybe today's not the good day. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's just the looks, because... Um, I don't think in my case they've actually faded yet, but it's it's the whole image, you know. That you you have to be... It's not looks as much as it's age. You know, even if you are, you know, 30, you've got to look 20. If you're 40, you've got to look 25. So I'm going to go over there and try and, uh, you know, go down a bit in age. No, I don't know. I'll, I'll try and stay as glamorous as I can if that's what they want. If they don't want glamour, I'll, I'll do something else. I'm not worried about that that aspect of my life does it not make actors like yourself angry that perhaps your talents as an actor are overlooked then in favor of your looks so much no because that's the way the business is mm. you know it's um 
it's it's the era now of, of supermodels and Pamela Anderson and uh, you don't see many older actresses play their age or who they are. I mean, I, I saw Joanna Lumley in um, in Jameson, the Giant Peach, and she looked fantastic. She was all had this horrible makeup of being really, really wicked and nasty, and that would be wonderful to, mm. to do something like that. So while your looks have been a great advantage in getting you parts, as you said earlier, um, it can also hamper you in getting good quality parts, can't it? Oh, God, I think God would probably strike me there this minute mm. if I said anything against my uh, the way I look. I can't answer that question because mm. this is how I look. This is, but in the sale is lots and lots and lots of stills from my movies and from my career. From the, the, actually the first photographs ever taken of me in Sweden when I was 16 years mm. old, up to you know uh, recently. They're all they're all these stills that's in the sale, and I'm going through them. I mean, I was just amazed. I really was a babe. Mm. <laughs> Would it be fair to say that your career was launched with The Man with the Golden Gun? Was that your big break, as far as you're concerned? Oh, no. I started way before that. Um, I started in 1964. The first big movie I did was After the Fox with Peter Sellers. Then I did another movie with him called The Bobo. It's way before your time, you see. You have to go back and look in your, uh, in your directories and find out where these were. Do you I, miss that heyday, though, of non-stop movies? No, because if if, my, if I had made non-stop movies from, for the last 32 years, I'd probably be dead by now. Or, yeah, I mean, it's not possible to live that kind of life for that long. It would have been nice to have made maybe a movie every year, but I haven't, you know. I, the last movie I really did was... I did Scandal, and then I, I did a movie called The Children, which I, for Channel 4. I don't know if it was ever released. And that's really the last time I worked, and that's a long time ago, what, 80... I think my son was just born, 80, 89, 90. Which of your work are you most proud of? Well, I love the Bond film, because I always wanted to be a Bond girl. I think it's such a, f- a great thing to be. Um, there are two fantastic James Bond man with a golden gun posters in the sale. Mm. Um, well, the bikini you wore. <laughs> no, the bi- no, you see, the problem is that they say, oh, we, we'd like to have some, some clothes, and... The film company keeps them all. You never get to keep anything. Yeah. And they keep... You know why they keep them? It's not because they're necessarily mean, but in case when they cut the film and they sit there oh. and edit it, they suddenly say, oh, my God, we're missing a shot of her yeah. walking up the stairs and then going in through that door. Mm. Well, it needn't be you yeah. because you're in uh, Sweden or somewhere yeah. and they are sitting in, in Hollywood. So they just get the body double. And then, mm. But they have the bikini mm. and they have the shoes and the watch and the necklace and all they need to see is a bit of blonde hair swirling but as long mm. as the bikini is the same no one knows so that's really the reason they keep the mm. clothes and you can't get them um, until maybe a year or so after I like the Bond film I, I did um, I like The Night of Radio Minsky's which is oh. another poster that's in the sale mm. was, was uh, a big big film for me Jason Robards Norman Wisdom Adenham Elliott we've got Demi Moore's film Striptease coming up which is fairly similar to that have you seen that yet? No, but I'm the one that invented striptease. <laughs> no, I'd like to see it. I mean, she's a certainly a spectacular-looking mm. woman. I saw it last week. Did you? Yeah, was it spectacular? Yeah, it's okay. It's really a bit of a poor plot, unfortunately. But, uh, but her body looks good, though. Hmm. Oh, well, that, that's all that matters, then. <laughs> I'd rather go for the body. You did a, uh, an episode of Absolutely Fabulous. How proud were you to be involved in that? Well, you have to understand that 
I hadn't been in England. I had been in Sweden. First of all, I had been in, in, in L.A., and then I got to Sweden. And I was still in Sweden when they asked me to do it, so I had no idea um, what a big thing it was. To me, it was just another TV, TV series, and, and the reason I wanted to do it is because I've known Joanna since she was maybe 20 years old, mm. and I've known L- Lulu since she was maybe 16. I don't know if we're all evenly aged, but I think so. Well, but, you know, we're more or less the same age, give or take three or four years. And so I'd known them for a very long time, and I thought... And Sandra, I mean, God, Sandra Rhodes I was her first customer. I have Sandra Rhodes clothes in the in the sale, mm. incredible um, dresses, mm. you know, from from the 60s. I was probably one of her absolute first customers. And so the idea to working with these friends was, you know, it was just too hard to resist. Mm, sure. uh, and then it just turned out to be, you know, such a big thing. People just came up to me and said, oh, my God, we saw you in Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, it was wonderful. And then now, you know, they've been showing it in the States. And uh, when I went back in April, my, my grown-up son... Nikolai is 23 he said mom you were in Ab Fab I said yes sweetheart (laughs) oh my god I loved it I loved it which is really nice you know considering that he was with me when he was what 18 months old doing the the man with the golden gun that wasn't so impressive as me having done Ab Fab so you're very trendy all over again I know I know I am you mentioned Sweden a few times, obviously from there originally. Where do you feel you really belong? Ah, that's my big problem in life. And that's why I, I sort of can live like this again. I don't belong anywhere and I don't have any roots. And it's, it's kind of a horrible feeling. Having roots means that you, you've known the corner shop all your life and you've, you've got your school friends and you've got all of that. And it's all in one place. It's all within this radius I don't have that. I have my, my family in Sweden, whom, whom I love. Then I have my friends that I consider family here. And then I have another part of my family in Los Angeles. So I'm rather like a capped tooth. <laughs> I have no roots. Is that a source of great regret for you? Do you think it's been an influence upon the rest of your life? Well, I was always restless. I was restless when I was very young. That's why I left Sweden. I, I mean, I left home when I was 17. I started working very, very early. I left Sweden when I was 20, and then I basically never came back. My mother comes from the very, very north of Sweden, so maybe there is some gypsy blood in me, I don't know. I am a very restless person, and I have great problems staying in the same place for more than even a couple of months at a time. Do you think your lack of roots was why you got married so young initially? No. No, because when I, when, when I left Sweden, um, I was all set for a career and I just wanted to, you know, get on with my career and, and it was sort of a mistake that I met Peter Sellers. We were just staying in the same hotel and had we not stayed in the same hotel, I would never have met him. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't seek him out, you know, on the contrary, he, 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 he seeked me out and then I just fell in love with him I don't I wasn't looking for a father figure either because I had a very 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 strict father I mean I had a what I consider almost Victorian upbringing um, being the only girl with three brothers you know my father was obsessed with me was, uh, was it his sense of humor which uh, captured you do you think 
No. I'd say that's the biggest effort, is yeah, for women. Yeah, but 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 you got to remember, I was Swedish, so my you know my understanding of of the language, although we, I could converse perfectly, it wasn't that fine-tuned. No, I think he was so debonair and suave and mm. charming and kind of educated, and he just he really swept me off my feet, mm. you know. And and you'll see. In, in the sale, there are pictures of me when I, even before I met him because I was sent to England by 20th Century Fox and you see pictures of me walking around England being photographed you know, at the Tower of London and at that Sphinx down the Thames and all the usual places where the tourist goes before I met him and you can see what a sort of vulnerable little girl I was you know, and no wonder I fell for him you know, I, I hadn't I mean, I, I, I come from a very well-off family, so it wasn't, it wasn't the money that was the allure. But, you know, the boyfriends I'd had were rather sporing, clumsy Swedish young men who no doubt grew up to be very clever and smart and wonderful fathers and husbands. But, you know, to me, when I met Peter Sellers, it was just like stars... When I've heard you talk or read about you talking about him before and your relationship, it's with very mixed feelings, sometimes very bad feelings, sometimes very good feelings. Which are the overriding feelings, the good ones or the bad ones? Well, I, I think you'd be a very sad and bitter person if you just remember the bad things in your life. Um, I've had a lot of problems. I've had a lot of uh, hurt and pain and deception and all of those things. But um, No, just, just in a lot of... Situations. situations not just relationships with men but you know in other things too what's your happiest memory of him i could say when we were working but we had there were so many problems when we were working as well but probably when we had our we, we had a yacht called the bobo and uh, later been when we separated he renamed it victoria you know you're sort of sailing around the caribbean and you met all these incredible people the aga khan and Princess Margaret and Tony Snowden came as our guests and you just met all these people and mm. life was really carefree. Then, considering that he just had had his heart attack a year before that, it, it was like a miracle that he was alive. Mm. But it was a very heavy, you know, it was, a, it was very heavy for a young girl to oh. be married and then, yeah. you know, three weeks into the marriage, um, the husband is about to die, mm. you know. Uh, I, don't, I think that kind of colours everything you do the rest of your your life together but he was a very difficult man a very difficult man I could I would be able to handle him perfectly well now because I I know a lot about you know homeopathic remedies and and health remedies and things like that and and he could have been a well man you know he could he could have had a, be, a, a much better life both physically and emotionally than he had a year or so ago, they showed a documentary series about his life, and according to news- newspaper reports, you tried to put a stop to that. Why was that? I didn't try to put a stop to it at all. I tried to stop them from using my my image because I didn't want to be part of it. I mean, I don't want to be part of something I don't have control of, and um, I didn't think it was particularly nice. These people just used you, you know. They, they used his first wife, Anne. You know, she thought she was just going to be quoted a little bit and then they used her in like four or five episodes and you know they just used people for their own purpose they didn't pay them anything you know or a pittance or something 
I refused to take part in it, and what they did is they they used me too. They just went to Desert Island Disc and took my voiceover from a, a Desert Island Disc and put it on <laughs> their film. Do you wish now you had taken part in it then? No, 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 no. Anything and everything that I have said about Peter Sellers and my life with him and that whole part of my life, that whole era, I have said... You know, I, I don't want to talk about it. It's in the past. Going from that to Rod Stewart, it seemed like going from the frying pan into the fire, really. Oh, we had a good time. You know, we, we had interesting, interesting life. Very fast, fun life. Um, there, there's things in the sale from Rod Stewart as well. We had, there's a gold record that uh, Warner Brothers in Australia gave me because I did the vocals on one of his uh, songs, Tonight's the Night. So I, I have... A, a gold record. They gave me a gold record. You were speaking in Swedish in that, weren't you? No, French. French. What yeah. else were you saying? It was more, you know, be careful, uh, I love you. Uh, uh, mm. Just sort of a bit of nonsense. Ooing and umming. And so that's in, the, that's in the sale. There was also a rock programme of you with Rod in his early days, what it was like, your life together and so on, and it showed him to be an extremely arrogant bloke, which most girls would have just said, they're not going to have any of that, but you put up with quite a lot, I'd imagine. No, he, no, he was never... No, I would never stay with anyone that was um, treated me badly. I mean, it might have come across just in that, because I don't think he liked very much to have someone following him around. I mean, we were sitting in a car, I think, from... And I was sitting with the calculator working out how much... We were going to go to Paris and buy Art Nouveau because, you know, I had all the contacts and I, I, I was the one that kind of started him on it. I've never seen the programme, but I remember them following us and he was very annoyed about it. But, no, I, he was never arrogant to me. He was very... If anything, he was... Um, I mean, he put me on a pedestal. Mm. He was very, very loving. Like many rock stars, he seems to have one wife for a few years until she gets a bit old and pushes her out and gets a younger one in. How do you feel about that kind of mentality? I think it goes for us all, you know. Maybe with rock stars it has something to do with age, but, you know, feelings are very hard. It's, it's very hard to maintain the same feeling you had when you first met someone. I, I understand that. <laughs> many people in your business are married more than once, especially in Hollywood. Why do you think that is? Why can't people stay married to the first person? I think if you, if you did sort of make a, a, a survey, if you took, you know, ten famous people and then you took ten non-famous people in different parts of the world, you'd find that the percentage was probably the same. It's just that we don't hear about the unknown people. I th it's just the way life is. I don't think we're meant to be with one person for all our lives. I think we can be very, very good friends with one person for the rest of life, but I don't think we can maintain a, a physical, loving relationship on that level with one person. I, I mean, I just don't see it. Do you think you could now? I don't know. I don't, I don't have the patience. You get bored easily? Yeah, I do, I'm afraid. I shouldn't say that, really, but I do get bored. Do you have many regrets about your past relationships? No, none. Why should I? They were what they were. Some were good, some were bad. The only regrets, maybe, is that they were so, so public, all of them. You know? Very you hard to live your life in the public eye if you're going to have a relationship going. It's much easier to have a relationship with... or have relationships that are out of the private eye because you can judge each other on based on just who you are rather than what the public thinks you are and what the public's like to think from you. You say that, but most of your partners have been very much in the public eye. I know, eye. I know, I know. I'm, I'm still looking for that person that isn't. 
a lot much has been made of you going out with Warren Beatty and Ryan O'Neill and stuff. Was there anything to those relationships? Uh, it's just something to put in a book. Yeah. It's nothing. Nothing. You look at any any young beautiful woman today, you know, she's she's been together with half a dozen of the most famous uh, young beautiful men today. That's just how it is, you know, young beautiful people go out with young beautiful people. And then as they go older, uh, the older young beautiful men uh, grow up to be not so beautiful, but they still go out with young beautiful women and sometimes women do too, but I would think it's slightly harder for women, even if you are immensely rich. <laughs> it did seem for a long period you were attracted to very dangerous men. Would that be fair? Dangerous in what sense? Well, in the sense that they're very unlikely to be faithful and be very loyal husbands. Mm, well, I was married to, to Jim for... We were married oh, 12, him, yeah. 12 before, years. Before that period, the sort of time when you were seeing... Well, there was Ross. Before that was Lou. Uh, yeah, but I think that's just, you know, again, that, that's just... Um, you just move in those circles, and that's how it, it happens. If I'd been uh, maybe a model, then I would have moved around the circles with photographers and um, stylists and hairdressers, and if I had been a journalist, then maybe I would have been with, you know, other writers and in the literary circle. It's just mm. the circle you move in. It's very hard to get outside that circle, can you just explain what it's like to have a date with Warren Beatty? I can't remember. I mean, you, you talked about something that happened in 1970. That's 26 years ago. All I remember is that he was very, very good-looking, and he took me to trams. Is it difficult not to get enchanted by people like him, or do you deliberately say to yourself, no, I mustn't fall for Warren Beatty, I mustn't fall for Ryan O'Neill or whatever? No, but Ryan O'Neill was just a friend. I was never in love with him. It was just something that shouldn't, you know... The media blew up. Yeah, it should never have happened, but it did, you know. It was just like a friendship thing. Well, I don't know. I was surrounded by so many good-looking men that you're so used to it. But, I mean, he really was stunning. I mean, the one person that I was very much in love with and that I did expect to marry, we were going to get married, was George Hamilton. But it wasn't to be. We tried to pick up where we left the pieces years later, but it didn't work out. But he's still a very good friend. He's a lovely friend. Do you still have a soft spot for any of these guys? No, no, no. No, I, I, I think, I think. I mean, I know we've all aged, but I think I've aged differently than other people. Not, not, I'm not talking physically now, I mean, because each person looks the way they do. And I'm not talking about the physical appearance. I just talk about in the head. Yes. And I feel that I've aged differently than most of, mm. of the men in my life. And I... I don't feel I have anything in common with them, you know. Do you think people like Warren Beatty and even Rod Stewart have trouble keeping up with the image of them as being fantastic lovers and these great Casanovas and things? Do you think they have a problem with that reality? Oh, I don't know about Warren. I mean, he's married now. I think about myself. It is, yes, it is a strain to, to, to maintain a certain image and to be always expected to be a, as as my friend photographer Adrian Houston says, a love goddess. I said, well, how, how do I look in the shot? I said, you're going to look like a goddess, yeah. a love goddess. Yeah, I think so. I, th I think so. Although I think, you see, men more than women allow themselves to let go, and I think women don't, you know. I mean, I don't anyway. I mean, I would never allow myself to put on 20 pounds or, you know, have two double chins or whatever. Mm. I, just, I just wouldn't. It's not in my psyche. But 
I, I would think it's pretty hard for the men to, 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 to keep that image going, yes. I mean, whatever they say, yes, I think that's hard. Do you think it harmed your career as an actress, um, being labelled as sort of the lady who went out with various people? No, I don't think that harmed my career. I think what might have harmed my career would be not wanting to do a movie because you, you'd rather be with the man of your toys. Was there ever a dream man in your life? Has any of them been the one for you? No, don't think so. Do you think you've ever met Mr. Wright? I probably did on and off. I mean, it was probably Mr. Wright at the time, but no, I don't think so. How much contact do you maintain with you know, Peter Sellers' family, Lou Adler's family, that sort of thing? With Lou, we're just an extended family. I mean, they're, they're like my, my best friends in the world. I mean, if I need something, I can just call Lou or his wife and they'd be there for me that instant. With um, Peter's children, we're very, very close. Even Rod, I've, I've met up with him and his wife last year and we just, you know, had a good old natter together and, and it, it was good, you know. Are you quite a nostalgic person? Do you reminisce quite a bit? No, no. Well, that's why this sale is, uh, is um, you know, when I cut something off, I just cut it like that. It's like a thread and there's nothing left. I don't feel anything. When I cut something off, I feel nothing. While you've been over in London, have you not visited any of the places you used to go with Peter or Rod or whatever? No, not into any of those things. The only thing I'm nostalgic for are my children. I never think back on my relationship, never think about uh, what could have been, what should have been, um, what I could have done, what I should have done. You would never have found me crying or begging at someone's feet writing letters, uh, you know, I read with horror in, in the papers about the, these women, how they behave with, with the men, they pursue them, they cry, they talk about it in the paper. I would never do that, never. When a relationship is over, it's over. You know, the physical side is over. Then if, if, if they are friends, then, I mean, Jim and I are absolutely the best friends ever. Mm. We talk about everything, we talk every night. He's really looking forward to me coming back so that we can, you know, be parents together with TJ doesn't mean that I'm going back to him. It has nothing to do with that. But we, people will say, well, if they get on so well, why aren't they why still they together? together? Well, they, well, because it is it is that small thing about being very fond of someone and loving someone and being in love with them and wanting that physical nearness. And I don't have that feeling with Jim. I just I, I love him very much, as I love Lou, but I don't want to live with him and I don't want to have that relationship with him. But, you know, I need him. He's the father of my son. And, and so is Lou. Lou is the father of my son. It and sounds like it's going to take quite something to contain you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And also, you have to remember, men are pretty scared of me. They think I'm sort of unapproachable. You know, most men think that... I can see them standing in the corner kind of looking, but they didn't come up. It's almost as if I would have to make the first step. It's hard being an a independent woman. It's very hard. But do you attribute that to your character or your celebrity status? Yeah, I mean, Bridget Eklund, it's, 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 um, it's my character as well. I mean, I could be a, a, just a meek, you know. There's lots of meek little uh, people with, with, uh, who are famous, you know, who are celebrities. But meek people couldn't have coped with Peter Sellers and Ron Stewart for no, a start. But I'm not a meek person, and, and I think, I think my, I think my celebrity status 
and um, I think Britecklan, the past, that, that you know, because I've done so in such an enormous amount of things, and I've been through so many different stages. I mean, I've been in movies and then in the rock and roll, and I think all of that kind of scares people, you know. But then I can't imagine you'd be attracted to someone who is scared by you anyway. No, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I imagine you need quite a strong character, don't you? Yes, because I am so strong, but I haven't met that person yet. Mm. You were explaining earlier how you had a rather unsettled start in life. You don't really know where you belong and so on. Um, I didn't have an unsettled start in life. I had probably the most fantastic upbringing of any person in the world, but no, now I don't know where I belong now. That's mm. true. Mm. What would you like to see for your career now? I mean, I don't expect, you know, any major major things. I just like it to go along as it has been, you know, to be able to make a nice living, to, to be able to spend more time with my children, take them maybe on holidays, buy them nice things. You know, st still, still working so that people know who I am and knowing that people would want to see me. Probably I will uh, venture into new aspects of the entertainment industry. I'm still looking to have my TV show. Um, yeah, whether that will be, you know, I'm now going to look for it in America. So the one in Sweden is now finished? Well, yeah, that one is finished, but we're working on a new one that I want to do. But that one, I won't have to be in Sweden, I can travel around doing it. I'm still going to try to, to, to get a talk show in America. I'm going to try my hand at writing, lighter things, writing mm. lighter things. Because I, I write fantastic faxes to people, and they said, you've got to write, you know, not novels and things, but maybe mm. articles and stuff. I just like to diversify. I'm, I'm not afraid, as I said, so, you know, I'll just be doing different things. Now that I've rid myself of my... You know, also, you've got to remember, to have all of these things is such a responsibility because you, you've got to have security and you've got to have everything locked up and everything's got to be perfect. And I feel like I've been oh, absolutely bogged down by responsibility and I don't have that now. I'll just, I'll just be free. What do you hope for personally, then? A more happy and satisfied life than I've had. Less, le no, not necessarily less stressful. So now I just, I just want to be happy. I want to be free. I want to feel, you know, I can understand how men feel. Men who have a big family and children, and they've got to go to the office, and they've got to pay the mortgage, and they've got to work hard to satisfy the wife, and the, you know, and then they've got to play with the children in the time of. And I feel like that. You know, I felt like so totally tied down with with responsibilities and work and stress. And I don't want to have that now. Would you like to get married again? No, I'd, I'd like to find someone, but he would have to have his house and live there. And That's I not very romantic, Brit. Yeah, it'd be much more romantic. Then he would invite me over for dinner, <laughs> and I'd go to his house and have dinner and spend the night, and then um, he'd come to my house and have dinner. And, you know, no, I, don't, I can't see myself living with someone, no. So you're a lady of simple pleasures now. Expensive but simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, who knows? I like to think that I'm an, an adventurous. I remember once I was doing a film in uh, Marbella. I had just married. It was maybe October, and we did it on location in Marbella. I had a rented car, and it was a Sunday, and I, I took the car and I drove down to Gibraltar. I went on the ferry to Morocco and just went into the bazaars all on my own. And uh, when I came back that night, you know, and I told the crew and, and the film people where I'd been, they just said, you're mad. I said, 
maybe, but that's, you know, that's the way I am. I, I once just took my car and drove to Paris just, just for the sake of it. You always come across as being a very instinctive person. Would you say that's true? Yeah. I'm also pretty fearless. And I think if you are fearless, you can, you know, you can do all the kind of things I have done. And you can do them and you can say, OK, so I wasn't, it wasn't the best thing, but I did it. Mm. You, know, you, lot, you just sit there on your fat or thin bumps and you don't take any risks. And, and do you think you would always have been fearless or is it what you've been through that's made you like that? I think it's probably what I've been through, yeah. Although, you know, when you grow up with boys, which I did, and you always fight, we were always fighting. Me too. Fighting, mm. I mean, fighting horrible. Why, did you have a sister you two fought brothers. with? No, two brothers. Oh, well, I mean, they didn't care that I was a girl. We just fought, 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 fought. And I think when you just grow up like that, with boys, you just, you probably do get fearless. And also, I mean, immensely practical. I mean... I'm very organised, practical. There's nothing I can't do, except this packing thing, which I just... Uh, it's just a nightmare. I don't even want to think about it. 